that didn't seem, um, I thought I had been in that place before. I didn't call it first position, but I thought I had been to that grounded place. I never cleaned my space. And so the people who were leaving my space, I didn't even recognize them until like many bubbles into it. And I certainly have never filled my space back up. This is like that experience of like getting something back. I've never done that before. Did have the sensation of like a liquid light going on. We speak loud. I did have the sensation as you were speaking to mm -hmm. us that there was a liquid that was flowing in. <coughs> I felt it in my body. I felt the cleansing and then just the warmth filling back up. It is so great to get people's energy out of your space. <clears throat> and you can't do that without the bubble and the grounding cord. Because there's no distinction there. There's no space to get somebody out of. So if you don't have a bubble, then it's just like, like a pie fight, you know? You're just covered with everybody's slime. I had so many bubbles going out. And again, it's some of strangers, you know, people that I ran into yesterday in the airport. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, the bubble should be about like, you know, like this big. And your space goes like this, you make this bubble, and then if they're heading, you just kind of nudge it, you just nudge them right through and just floats right out there, and then way over there, pop, pop, gone, and then make another one. Just keep doing that. Yeah, if you don't have a, if you don't have a bubble with a grounding cord, it is so easy for people to get in our space, and it's really common. It is the commonest interaction. It's just people kind of glomming all over each other. So we get into other people's spaces. How do we know if we do that? How do you know if you do that? Well, guess. You can feel it. Okay, what's it feel like? Okay. In what way? Like I'm someplace I'm not supposed to be. Yeah, that's exactly it. On the other hand, what's it feel like? Crowded. <laughs> <laughs>
and they're looking at you, even though they're not even talking to you, this kind of energy comes through. And you're going to glance over there because, you know, if somebody's putting energy on you, you know it. And you look over and you look at somebody and they look away. You know that? Yeah, so they, so they just did some energy stuff. And then this person, well, they have, they've got all kinds of stuff from the other people that they've been carrying around for the last 50 years. And so that kind of energy came over in you, too, because it's just kind of a ricochet like a carom shot, just sort of slimes energy all over you, and then go like that. And this is this is um, walking through the mall. This is just walking to the airport, walking down the street. Like let alone a party. You go to a party, it's like you amplify this like five, ten times because that's why people go to parties. Just to sort of slime all over each other with <laughs> energy, because then this, you know, part of it is like. You know, the thing is, there aren't even any bubbles here. And that's part of the, the original, this is, this is how we're, this is where we start. Is that there's no bubbles, there's no clarity, there's no distinctions, there's no spaces, there's just a bunch of energy kind of glomming in and out all over the place. And this is just sort of normal. So, um, the first, well, let's see. So, so sometimes, let's say we have a, a relationship with somebody. A lot of times what we'll do when we have a relationship is um, what, what we do is we get our energy inside of somebody else's space. And that's what you were just talking about. So this, this is actually like people that we're, we know, people that we're close to, people that we're in a relationship with through work or family or neighbors or something like that. But we have a, a relationship that's um, it's a little more mature than just what are those mosh pits? You know, this is like a mosh pit here. This is the mosh pit mall. How do you spell mosh? M-O-S-H? M-A-S-H? What? What does it mean? Everybody at back in the nineties, you get back in the back in the Pearl Dam concert, for example, everybody gets into a kind of mosh pit and people are crowded up together and like start your body's ripped over the crowd. Yeah, they move bodies over the crowd and each person turns over. You know what that is? People lay on their back and Yeah, it's a mosh pit. Yeah, this is mosh pit. So so as as we mature a little bit we have we want to have there's no relationship really possible here. This is so contaminated and mixed up that there's you can't even really be in relationship. Like, so this is more the first levels of relationship, actually, but it's, an, it's called an enmeshed relationship, or um, contaminated, or enmeshed, what's it called, codependent, where there's, there's this place in between where your energy's in their space, their energy's in your space, and you're actually enmeshed, you're entwined, and it's, a, it's actually, um, uh, it feels like taking drugs, like a drug, because it's, uh, it's like something off balance, and you're inside somebody else's space, it's sort of giddy feeling, and it's a really, it's like over, over intimate, <coughs> over intimacy, it's something like out of balance, how come I know so much about this? <laughs> Asked me for 37 years of experience. This is what I thought friends were. 
I thought friends was this. My best, you know, I only had a couple of friends, and this is what friends was. It was just being enmeshed. And I couldn't ever understand why it was never stabilized, why it was never mature, why there was always little dramas going on, and why they never stuck around after a while, why it was never really satisfying. It was because uh, we were in each other's space. And it was unbalanced. It was wiggly. It was, and it was really, it was not okay. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. There is physical manifestations too, from what we say. To, I'm, I'm just thinking like finishing my husband's sentences. For example. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fin finishing their sentences. You can. You're actually saying things inside of their head. You're actually. Any other examples of that? So what we're offering when we use the bubble model is a different, a different model, which is like that. It's like one, this is, this is a mature relationship now, where um, the bubbles bubbles actually come up to touch, but they're not inside of each other. So this is a normal, healthy, standard, mature adult relationship. The model, there's one further model that we're going to offer here. And that is, so anyway, this, there's respect here. This is respect. And a formality. Say it again? There's a formality as opposed to the casualness of the, yeah. comp the one before. Yeah, this is enmeshed, it's casual, sloppy. Easy. Yeah, easy. People will, if you shift from this kind of, a, of an enmeshed relationship to a mature, respectful, formal relationship, everybody that you have one of these relationships with is going to be going cold turkey, including you, on this drug called enmeshment. And, and it takes uh, it could take a year for you to um, go through withdrawals and gain some kind of sense of what it means to get this close but not enmesh because the uh, gremlin wants to enmesh immediately but enmeshes that fast and it could take a year to gain a year of just of being really not even getting this close to anybody before you start to be able to trust yourself to come closer to somebody without getting a mesh. It's not a comfortable year. Anything else about that? So there's another level of relationship that we've been, we actually um, modeled in the last intensive too, which is of the exact same thing as the mature relationship, only there's actually a slight gap between the two bubbles. And the gap is, is it doesn't need to be very big, but it's big enough for um, some, oops. big enough for a principle to come through. It's like both of these relationships are gathered together in the name of a principle. Together in the 
name of a principle. And uh, anybody heard that phrase before? Gathered together, it takes two or more gathered in the name of a principle. Have you heard that before? Yes. Yeah. So that's what this is about. So the principle, for example, could be relationship, could be communion, could be communication, could be um, uh, uh, any of the other principles that we listed over on the um, conscious creating side of the chart. Any of those principles in terms of possibility, dignity, respect, all of those kinds of things. You can call, you can call together in the name of the principle, but there needs to be just the slightest gap. So this, this is still, this here, this relationship is still about, about me or about us. That's what this is about. This is a relationship for me or for us. And this one is about something bigger than us. So this is being in the service of something bigger than us. <coughs> Which is a different game. So instead of having a relationship that is This is a relationship about something bigger than us, and it can be a, in the service of. So the, the word is really service. Because it's not a relationship, then it's not about you anymore. It's not for you. It's not because it's comfortable, pleasant, wonderful, uh, you know, pleasurable, sweet, nice. It's none of those things. It's because. The relationship is there in the name of some principle that's bigger than the people involved. And this is a different game. This is a different game. So, this is just showing two people, but you can have an, or an organization is two or more people with a common purpose. Any, an organization is two or more people with a common purpose. And when you're consciously bringing together an organization to serve and the principles that are bigger than, than the people, then you have vision. That's what, that's what we were talking about last night when we said vision. Vision is inspired by being in the service of principles that are greater than yourself. And there's that saying that goes, a task without a vision is drudgery, and a vision without a task is just a dream, a fantasy but a vision with a task saves the world. You know, people die for that. People would die for a vision and a task. That's what makes life. So people who are space holders for organizations, and, I, and I'm including us here, everybody here is, or could be, a space holder for an organization, <coughs> which is this group of people um, serve in the service of principles greater than us. And then you start to get into some of the other um, skills from possibility management that you listed that put up on the board that you wanted to get into in the next couple of days. So that's when, when we start talking about metapurpose, for example, 
That's, this is meta-purpose. <coughs> so, uh, like every group, like you come together for a group, there will be a linear purpose or a regular purpose. Like in the linear purpose of, John, what's the linear purpose of your company? Um, to cabinets and make money. Yeah, and that's a linear purpose. It is clear, straightforward, objective, linear. You know if you built cabinets or not. You know the quality is in there or not. You know if you get your money or not. You know if you made it for profit or not. And then making money. You know that it's all clear and linear. Do you have anybody working with you? Yeah, I've got three or four people. Three or four people. Are they full-time or part-time? Um, Everybody full-time. Or no, my secretary is part-time, but I've got three full-time. Okay. So, now, those people come to you and come to work with you because you're the, you know, on the surface it looks like they come there because they want to make money. Right? That's the linear purpose. But they could make money a billion other ways because there's a billion other people they could work with. <coughs> so they pick you. So they pick you because you have the potential for representing the principles that they're interested in serving. And they know that about you. So they came to you hoping, praying, begging for you to take a stand in the world to create an organization that's in the service of principles that are greater than yourself so that their life can be fulfilled. So when you're together, if you only talk about a linear purpose, every time the meeting is over, they're left empty in a way. They're not fed. Your organization is not fed. The way you feed an organization is you speak in the name of the principles that your organization is serving. And that's by presenting the vision. And when you do that, what happens is the organization gets fed because the principles are actually speaking through you. And when that happens, then what you're you're, what you talk about is, yes, we're making money. Yes, we're making cabinets. Yes, you have to pay attention, not cut your fingers off, stack the wood, buy the product on time so it gets there, deliver the product, make sure it's not scratched, make the customer happy, do the invoicing, do the taxes, do the payroll, clean up the shop, repair the truck, you gotta pay all this stuff. That's linear purpose. The people are not alive because of linear purpose. People are alive because of meta purpose. So what you, what you as the king of that space, the space holder of that organization can do is provide them with non-linear purpose or what's called meta-purpose. And what that is is that you're actually feeding their soul with the vision that's spoken from the bigger purpose. So what's, tell me some, some meta-purpose for your organization. Um, the first thing that comes up is family. Family is always more important than the business. Okay, so in terms of the principle of family, the principle of family, or community, yeah. call it community. So they all have family, and you're like, yeah. So yeah. I mean, if somebody gets sick, it's not even questionable to stay home with the sick person. Mm -hmm. So the actually the purpose of your work together is so that people's families are successful. So I don't know if you speak about that. What I'm inviting us into is the consideration of beginning to speak about and bring meta-purpose into our work with people. Because linear purpose will not, it doesn't, people don't live from linear purpose. People <coughs> live from just straightforward making money, 
getting the product out the door on time. People don't live from that. People live from being inspired and on fire from something bigger than that, which in your case, one of those things could be family or community. Okay, we're here because, you know why? Because we just, we, because we're one big family. You have a family, you have a family, you have a family, yeah, and we're working together in this business. We get to be artisans, we get to be craftsmen, we get to do, we get to do that, and we're, it's about families. It's really about making families happy. So you guys may have picnics sometimes. Do you ever have picnics for everybody? Or like an outing somewhere, or some, like a parties or something like that? Like, that, that kind of thing is enacting the, the bigger purpose. Sue. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were thinking all this stuff. Well, I was thinking that um, the non one non-linear purpose for our business is integrity. We do what we say. And how does that turn people on? They get excited about it. They like to know that we stand behind what we what we do in it, and that we're we're you know integrity. Yeah. And you talk about yeah. Yeah. So you talk about integrity is we stand behind our work. We do what we say. Mm -hmm. and, and that excites them. Yeah. And that's way bigger than making a profit, turning out fine signs, making you know, like, like that. It's way bigger than that. <coughs> what are the other principles from your organization? It's usually three or so, three or four. Um, pride equality. What else? In that, that means that, okay. Means something else. Uh, family. Okay, so integrity, family, <coughs> what's another one? See, I would invite you to consider your meta-purpose for your organization mm -hmm. and to get clear about it and to pull one in that really turns you on. Mm -hmm. Like for you, it, because you're so involved with this work, it might be possibility. It might be that you guys design and invent signs that are really impossible. Like you take on challenges, you're leading the industry in some areas, you're formatting new ways of doing things, you're creating, opening up new territory, like a really part of your, part of your meta purpose could be possibility. <coughs> and you start speaking about that to your people. Like who we are, yes, we're the team that walks out and we're, we're um, reinventing the industry, the sign industry. Why? Because we're into possibility. So it's like all of a sudden you've got a team of, of people who are dedicated to integrity, community, and possibility. And like, like that's what they come to work for. You, they get paid for this too? Well, <laughs> so what? I mean, yeah, hey, but yeah, what I get to do is I get to be integrity, possibility, and community. That's what I get. And their lives, their lives are big then. And then you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of big people who get lives and people with big lives turn on because you're willing to speak about your organization in terms of meta purpose. And they take all of that home with them. Have lots of people come Dave, what's your organization dedicated to? What's the meta purpose of your organization? I'll provide the highest quality care that you can. Build, well, um, maybe the equivalent like the zoo. Like, so the zoo wise, they would like the idea of San Diego Zoo. 
What is your department? I'm a psychologist. Oh, you're talking about the institution and the prison system? Well, not the prison system. I'm talking your particular organization. Okay. And you know that there is the prison itself. Right. And if you look at the org chart, you know what I mean by the org chart? Yeah. The organization chart of the prison is one department called psychology. Where are you in that in that little department? Often. So who's the head of that department? The governor named Dave. And where are you with respect to Dave? In the doghouse. You can joke around if you want. Well, no, it's it's just kind of true right now. But I'm not interested in that. Because you're just doing drama conversation. Okay. But related to him, uh, he's he's at the top, and there's like nine psychologists underneath him. Nine. There's one guy and nine dots underneath, right. and you're one of the nine. Right. So you're right next to him then. Right. Well, underneath him. Yeah, there's you, and then there's nine guys, and you're one of those guys. Right. So is there anybody under you? Who's under you? Um, a person called the uh, drug treatment specialist. Okay, and that person is only under you and not under the, any of the other nine? Right. Okay, so there's you, the drug treatment specialist, and then who? Um, right. Well, who are your clients? How many of those do you have? So there's you, and then you have a drug treatment specialist and 500 clients. Right. That's a big organization. Right. That's a big organization. I want to know what your organization is dedicated to. What's the meta purpose of your organization? Our organization is to provide the highest quality care for the You're still talking about I. Oh. You're up here. Oh. Well, that was the organization. Me, Dan. Well, I'm the, the organization that you're the space holder for. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. My, 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 well, it was just two people. Well, it's 502 people. Wait, my, my vision for that is to create, okay, no. It's not mine. Why not? Well, I thought, I thought I said I instead of not saying I. Who's the space holder for the 502 people? Me. So when are you going to get that? Oh, I got it. I, I was saying I, but I thought you said not to say I. No, the way you were speaking was, it was just about me. <coughs> and you said, the best possible care I can deliver. Okay. So when you get into this game, it's no longer you giving the care. Right, okay, it's the best possible care I can see get delivered, I can develop being delivered. Go here. Okay, the best, the best possible care uh, we can deliver. Why are you, why are you fooling around with care? Um, care is, is a, where's that on the drama Well, I'm a helping person. Okay, so where's that on the drama Restaurant? Yeah. So if you're using the language of care and helping, I also work in a hospital. Okay. I'm still offering you some. Okay. I'm okay. offering. There's huge doors opening up here. Okay. So you can go through them or not. Okay. So. Okay. So other than care, you're talking about highest quality service. Well, there's rehabilitation. Everything over here. This is the domain of service. Right. This is the domain of serving myself. This is the domain of serving others. The conscious king, queen, and their purpose is to serve the people. Right. The gremlin serves ourselves, me, I. The gremlin serves I. King or queen serves your organization. 
So every single one of these principles is a form of service and is a facet of responsibility. So you have one diamond called responsibility and all the facets are these principles responsible principles. So every organization, just like every individual, has some two, three, three, two, three, four, sometimes five principles, responsible principles that they are that they are serving or in the service of. Right now, you're telling me that you're trying to run a 502-person organization with your energy and your effort and your wisdom and your best will. And of course, you try hard. And of course, you're, you, you're exhausted. You know, you basically fail all the time. No miracles happen. Not many miracles happen when you're trying to do it yourself. Why I have other people enrolled? I don't do it on my own. I have I have other people enrolled to help me. So actually, I'm going to keep talking at you, and you can let it in or not. But other people are letting it in, and that's why I'm continuing to talk. You can block it if you want. Also, I'm giving you some nonlinear information here. So um, what I'm saying is that every organization has a possibility of being in the service of something greater than the individual linear purposes of, of the individuals. And when a, when a person comes, when, a, when an organization serves principles that are bigger than itself, this is a huge, this is a billion volts of energy. This is, this is nuclear power coming through here. This is laser beams. This is miracle stuff. This is like wonder juice. And it happens because you're not there. It happens because this isn't about you. This isn't about us or me trying to do it myself, trying as hard as I can. This is about being in the service of a principle that's greater than myself. And all of a sudden, the principle gets interested in what you're doing. The principles get interested. The principles have work to do on the planet. And the principles are like transformation, healing, making things happen, opening doors, um, creating connection, bonding, communication, like just these principles are huge and they come rip-roaring. If you can hold a space for a principle, man, that principle is going to use you. And if you're getting used by a principle, then your life becomes a force of nature. That's a phrase from Bernard Shaw. Name change. So your life becomes a force of nature because you're being used by something greater than yourself. And your organization can become a force of nature. Your organization of 502 people within the prison of, what's the name of your prison? Medical Center for Federal Prisoners. Okay, so within the Medical Center for Federal Prisoners, within that there's this 502 person organization called the Psychology Department. I'm sorry? Well, okay. So what, what do you call it? Well, psychology department, drugs, and we have about 12, so I'm not married in any I only have a part of them. Right, that's what I'm saying. So this is your organization of the 500. Right. And it's you and this other person and the 500 people, as far as I understand. Right. Yeah, well, that could be called to order in the name of principles that are greater than just David. And all of a sudden, you have allies like you, you would not believe. You all of a sudden have an ally it's like calling in King Kong. You go in and sit down in a meeting, and it's you and King Kong. And it's like all of a sudden you're representing something way bigger than yourself. It's like when we join up 
if we joined up with like IBM Corporation, before we're just us. If I joined up with IBM, or if you joined up with IBM, let's say you were a sales guy and you're going around trying to do all this stuff and said, okay, finally you go to IBM Corporation and say, I want to work for IBM. So I know you as David, but then you go to IBM and you go to them and you say, yeah, all of a sudden you've got yourself a, a business card that says David, sales rep for IBM. All of a sudden you gain mass. You gain an immense amount of mass. You gain billions of dollars, hundreds of people, you know, hundreds of buildings, hundreds of, you know, all over the world. You gain this huge organization. And you, you created mass for yourself that's, that's attractive anyway, and, it, and it's in the service of something greater than yourself. So you're no, you're no longer you anymore. You are IBM. So that you're actually shifting identity. You get to shift from being just simple little you to being, you know, David, you know, IBM. All of a sudden, you're not you anymore. You are IBM. So that's what happens when we when we call an organization together in the name of principles that are greater than ourselves. We all of a sudden, the organization is in the service of integrity, um, possibility, and community. And I, I understand that. I don't give well, you. I don't. I don't. You, you keep. I, I don't think. I don't think we're hooking up because I think anybody that knows me would say that metaphorically I'm a divine child. As far as as far as developing resources, uh, having a vision, anybody that knows me would say I have that in space. But you haven't described it here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a vision and you're on fire about it, what is it? Well, my vision would be, and I tell the inmates this, that we would have a type of situation, um, you know this, that when people would walk in, they would say, this is different. I, my, my goal when I run a program is I tell the inmates when you start, at the end of this, you're not going to be in prison anymore. And they walk out and say, well, we get help with other people, because I have a little cadre of people we've been enrolled and developed. And uh, so, the... What's that called? Uh, See, well, David, what I, you I have Beyond Release coming in. David. Have, oh. David. Okay. Hello. Yes. What you don't have is clarity about what you're doing. Okay. See, I want you to, I want you to win. Right. I know that. No, you don't. You're still well, defending. My, my, my grandma says no, but I, the other side says. Yeah, and you're still talking. I want you to win. So, I commit to you winning. I commit to your organization succeeding in what you just indicated. So part of my commitment then will be me getting eye contact with you, telling you that when you're talking, nothing's coming in, and that you don't have clarity about what you're doing. And if you did have clarity, you might have some more success. I'm interested in you having success. Why? Because it's an interesting game. You don't even know what the game's called because you don't call it in the name of what, you don't know the meta purpose of your game. So this is called a game world. We're talking about creating a game world. And you create a game world by getting in touch with and knowing what the principles are that your game world is called in order to serve. And you all of a sudden you're taking a normal game and making it into an interesting game. But you have to have the clarity about the game, the game world. So you're saying, that you want to create a game world where prisoners come into the game world, play by those rules, right, by that organization, 
come in there, and all of a sudden they not they don't need to be in prison anymore. Is that what you're saying? Well, they <coughs> they assume responsibility. Is that what you're saying? What I said? Well, they, they have a sense that they're no longer in prison. They still have to be there. They can't leave, but they they have changed their perspective on what it's like and their possibilities. Great. So you just mentioned three principles. What are they? Understanding possibilities, accepting responsibility. You're building team builders? Are you doing that? Building team builders? Yes. I mean, do your inmates go and bring up, do they have little groups within themselves? Informally. Informally? But still, are they, are they like, do you have one guy in each with? They, they, they're not allowed to meet like that, but they, they partner up with other people. And so people have been through programs that we developed, uh, hooked up with other people and that hopefully develops a, uh, a critical mass or support for what for for them to support each other and what? maintaining a, a shared vision that they can be better than what they thought okay being better than what they thought is called transformation right. well you didn't know that well I, I knew that i just didn't use the term right so that's, that's why i want i want you to get this stuff so you can live with it i want you to start being it People are gonna, you get clarity about this? Transformation. If you get clarity about what you're doing, just like everybody else here, if we get clarity about what we're doing, then then we can serve it better. We become better servants. So if, you be, if you're able to serve these principles, <clears throat> which are all based on responsibility, possibility, team building, teamwork, team building, and transformation, possibility that something can be different. Teamwork, we work together. Team building, so actually we work together to help people work together. And transformation, that we can actually be different than what we are. We can actually shift. These are huge principles. <coughs> if you have clarity about this is who you are and that that's what your organization of 502 people represents, in the system, then these principles will be aiding you. They will aid you. They will <coughs> show up in your space. And I think they have been a little bit. Right? I'm telling you they could hunt like 10 times more than that. 
if you were willing to take a stand for this, consciously, you. I don't mean talking about it so much. I don't mean bragging about it. I mean you having clarity. You wake up in the morning, you breathe, you go, I represent transformation, possibility, team building, and team teamwork, and, and, and responsibility. This is who I am. This is what I'm in the service of. In fact, if you're, David, if your life became actually not, I had some wine out or something, like, like actually not about you anymore, it becomes, like, you become a space holder for these principles. So that who David is, is the space through which these principles can do their work. Then who your organization is, is who you are, is, is then all of a sudden it ch you change from being like a space like that, you change into being like a tube, the mouthpiece for a tube. And this, and this is where the principles are. You know, they, and they come through you. So that model there, the model above, the principled model, yeah. is a generating activity. This one. Doing. Okay. Because what you're saying is that two people are gathered together and they call for the principle. Yes. And the pr yes. And the principle is an action. And so there may be lots of activity, but it's about the principle flowing. Yeah. And the other like one is from, about running in a rat race and moving by yourself and yeah. all of those things. So yeah. it's like going from doing to being. Yeah. Being a space rather than trying to do it yourself. So this is, this is do it. This is do it yourself. And this is being a space that the doing happens through. You get done through. It's a different game. So that's why we talk about creating a game world. This is a different game from this. This is a different game from this. And even this is a different game from this. So either, these are all different game worlds. These are game worlds. Yeah, well your, your company's a game world. Where we go to play and go to create our magic and go to produce something that is greater than what we Well, that's, that's a different kind of a game world. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go to work and it's just about being enmeshed with other people. Or like maybe even it's just, you know, working. You know, you just, that's the game world. You just go in work, you get paid, you go home, you get drunk, and you go, you know, whatever. Beat your dog. And it's like that's life. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a game world. If you want that kind, go ahead. There's lots of game worlds ready for you to go into. Monkey wrenching a game world means to throw in a factor, a, trans a catalytic transformational factor that is irrefutable and can't be countermanded by the constituents of the present game world. So it's like a virus. You're basically throwing a virus into a system that transforms the system. So really that's what we're, we're doing right now in a way. You know, these are, our mind works with memes. Memes are, are like the fundamental components of our reality, of our box. And uh, the, the study of memes is mimetics, just like the study of genes is genetic. Genes are the fundamental components of our physical, of our physical body. And then that, the 
you know, the design of our physical body is a result of genes. Well, the design of our psychology is a result of needs. So what we're doing essentially here of throwing in a um, monkey wrenching in game world is the same as throwing in a mimetic virus that uh, is a catalytic force that transforms the nature of the game so that the old game can't be played anymore. It becomes too painful to play the old game. Spitting in one suit. Spitting in one suit. <laughs> <laughs> a little change changes everything. <laughs> 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 Just on your metaphor of viruses, okay, our company has, has had some experience. We've had a lot of virus infiltration, and at first there was like a real resistance, you know, because it was viruses coming in and everything. And then we started fighting the viruses and bonding together, you know, to. to deal with the viruses and the viruses turned out to be a good thing because all we all broke up together in relationship to the viruses and so it's really pretty cool now because we really broke up as a result of an outside force that was bigger than we thought we were cool. well that's actually the problem is the solution yeah. that's using the principle called the problem is the solution okay. whereas the viruses look like a problem but instead of instead of blocking or shutting down or fighting it, but you went into the problem. Mm -hmm. And if you go into the problem, you'll discover that the, that problem is an invitation to a higher order uh, to learning, to, uh, to learning something. So that's what you guys did. You actually took the problem, went into it, and found out that it was the solution to a breakdown in the company that you made to use the problem as a solution. So David, who are you? I'm a, I have the potential to be a conduit, the potential to be a You could even have some clarity about that. You could say, I am the space through which the principles of responsibility, possibility, teamwork, team building, and transformation do their work. That's who I am. And that's declaring. That's declaring, but it's also a statement of what's called your true purpose. That's over here. Mm -hmm. On the conscious.